0: Welcome to 2024 and welcome back to the Between Two Bs podcast, where big business meets small business. As the new year makes a soft landing on my laptop and yours, we're all engaged in figuring out what the heck 2024 has in store for us, specifically in what we call the business to small business or B2SMB ecosystem. That's why we're dedicating the month of January to four weeks of Between Two Bs installments, A supercast featuring insights and research, opinions and predictions about this $500 billion plus marketplace of small business spending. My guest today is Eric Groves, co-founder and CEO of Alignable, the largest network of small business owners and entrepreneurs in the world, now fully 8.5 million active members. Eric looks back on 2023 and into the heads and hearts of SMBs facing 2024. His insights are grounded in his end-of-year survey of Alignable members conducted throughout December, taking in a look back to 2023, to the holiday selling season, and the end-of-year wrap-up, perhaps most importantly, forward to 2024. I'm Dave Walker. Welcome to Between Two Bs. It's a great way to start the year because I think, you know, this audience knows how much I respect uh, Alignable and how much I respect their founder and CEO, Eric Groves, who joins us today. Eric, welcome.
1: Thanks, Dave. It's great to be here. I'm excited to share some insights and it's always wonderful to spend some time with you.
0: You know, we, we, we were just talking offline before we kind of hit the record button that you just completed your kind of end of year survey that you do of your small businesses for those who don't know can you just give a quick recap of alignable who you are what you do and more specifically about the survey that you just completed of small business sure
1: alignable is sort of the largest online networking platform for business owners Uh, we've got over eight and a half million businesses across the us and canada that depend on alignable to meet uh build relationships and um, open up opportunities for businesses uh, between each other. And so it's sort of, you know, over 120 million uh, relationships have been formed on the platform um, over the last 10 years. And um, these relationships are critical for uh, business success. You know, if you talk about what is the best source of new customers, uh, it's a, the business owners always say word of mouth referrals. Um, well, you think of their network as really the mouths of word of mouth referrals. And so building a strong, powerful network is critical for their success. And that's what we're all about here at Alignable. As part of that, um, we are afforded the opportunity to reach a large number of small businesses to really understand how they're doing. um, What is their sentiment about um, the year ahead and what they've been going through and where their struggles are and where there's opportunities to help them um, you know, sort of further their businesses and, you know, those become business opportunities for all of us that serve um, this community. So, uh, this latest survey that we just finished um, this weekend, or it may be still running, but at this point has over 5,300 responses, was really um, sort of to not only understand sort of what hit them and what hurt and and what they, where the opportunities were in 2023, but more importantly, looking forward into 2024, um, you know, how are they feeling about the year ahead of them um, and where might be some of the opportunities that we can help them um, achieve greater success in the years ahead?
0: Well, listen, that certainly sounds like something that all of our audience members who, you know, again, are in the business of selling at scale to small business could really use. So I'll let you kind of take it in the order in which you believe are some of the biggest, most important, observations that came out of that survey. And at 5,300 respondents, you know, the 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 quibblers about research will probably say, you know, that's barely statistically significant, and maybe it's not representative of really the cross-section of all demographics. But, you know, in, in my mind, having consumed research for close to 50 years, I feel like um, that seems to me like a very, very good directionally uh, uh, Impact, important uh, observations that that you can make from that. So why don't you just give it to us one by one?
1: Sure. Well, as most of the surveys that we see in this space, you know, they think 500 is statistically significant. So, <laughs> you know, 10 X that I think we're, we're, uh, we're pretty, we're pretty happy. Um, well, let's, let's kind of dive into it a little bit and, and sort of talk through at the highest level um, the level of optimism, because I think um What we're finding between 23 and 24 is a renewed sense of optimism. Um, About 60% of the business owners we surveyed were um, very optimistic for what uh, they uh, perceived would be um, happening with their businesses in 2024. And that same, like 61%, were more optimistic than they were going into 2023, um, so we've got a good sense of excitement and opportunity, sort of brewing in in the small business space. Um, you know, roughly fifty percent of the people that we uh, surveyed are saying that they are either have started or or will be starting or using a side hustle um, this year in order to generate cash. That tells you a little bit about you know the fact that these folks are are adapting and evolving and and really when they need cash, they get creative um, on ways to sort of supplement their core business uh, revenues with um, things on the side. Um, So, you know, very much what you would think an entrepreneur would be doing Um, when it comes to, you know, feelings around um, financial recession for 2024, um, is really split, uh, with 35 percent of businesses thinking that we are going to have a recession. 35 percent sort of um, in the middle, unsure, and around 30 percent saying that they don't think we are. So, I think you know when it comes to you know how we're thinking about um, is 2024 going to be a, a year of a recession? Um, you know, I think a lot of the things that we're hearing in the press of sort of a soft landing. Um, seem to resonate with this audience as sort of where they're thinking as well. Um, you know, coming out of 2023, the things that um, really hurt uh, small businesses were inflation um, was the number one concern that business owners had throughout 2023. Um, inflation in the form of um, uh, the, the cost of the goods and services that they sell um, and uh, the good news is that about 16% of the businesses we surveyed saw that thought that inflation was slowing down. Um, that you know, roughly 30% felt that um, it wasn't going to change. You know, it was sort of stable at this point, and um, 30% were sort of saying that they felt that inflation was still hurting their business into 2024. So still, you know, a good number of people are concerned about it. Um, <clears throat> they think that the biggest impact of inflation has been on the purchasing side in the form of reduction in consumer or client spending. Um, so the cash uh, it's harder for them to generate the revenues that they need. Um, and um, but they have found this year uh, over the past um uh, quarter, that they have been able to slowly increase their prices um, a little bit to compensate for the increased costs of the supplies um, that they've been feeling throughout the year. So a little bit of a, a leveling of um, that uh, sort of um, squeeze that they felt on their margins throughout 2023 with sort of very high inflation and in prices, You know they've been able to slowly shift Um, a little bit of that off to their customers. Um, Let's see, uh, you know, of this 5,300, you know, the little data point um, over 70% of the people that we got responses from were in business prior to COVID. Um, So, uh, you know, a little less than 30% are new businesses. So it's a good mix of both um, sort of uh, established businesses and those that have started up over the past, uh, you know, number of years um the biggest concerns that business owners have for 2024 are um you know the, the margin squeeze really it's inflation continuing um the cost of goods in- increasing uh and their ability to ramp up revenue um in accordance with that and so it's you know it's coming out of 2023 which i would say was sort of the, the year of the big squeeze on margins they're hopeful and optimistic that they can start to improve their margins and start to build up cash. Um, And that's actually what we've seen in terms of their cash on hand, where the percentage of businesses with less than a month of cash on hand has actually improved slightly. Um, So that's super positive as well. Um, You know, one of the other things that we talked about a lot during 2022 and 23 was the supply chain issues um, in terms of being able to access Uh, inventory and supplies, and that seems to have mostly resolved itself um, and be no longer an issue, although, you know, prices have increased a little bit. Um, Let's see, uh, for those businesses in need of capital, um, so we asked, you know, would they be, would business owners be looking for financing in 2024? Uh, Roughly 70% said that they wouldn't, which was great news. Um, And of the um, 15% who said they were actively looking right now for financing, roughly 50% of them were saying that the terms that they were seeing out there were simply just something they couldn't afford. And so, you know, I think with interest rates remaining high... Um, what we're looking for in terms of help for them would be, you know, the Fed sort of lowering interest rates a little bit during 2024 could have a significant impact on business owners ability to access financing and um, to generate the cash that they're looking for. Um, So that's really, you know, the high level on all of the data, you know, personally the other interesting um, thing that we're seeing is um, the impact of AI, um, we really see it as a game changer for the SMB um, economy as a whole, because, you know, if we think about the products and services that we build and the challenges we have in getting our user experience to be frictionless and to be powerful for the end user, um, it's often difficult because we, many of us serve a very horizontal um Uh, industry segment, right? We're like, we've got website designers, doctors, lawyers, restaurants and spas and all that. And when you're trying to build a user experience that is really conforms to the unique needs of each of those businesses, it becomes, it's very challenging. Well, AI has changed all of that because now through an interactive experience they can kind of customize the way the UI works for them. And that's super exciting from where we're sitting in terms of the innovation that should happen around the small business ecosystem and the new businesses that should be started um, to bring new products and services to small businesses. Um, And we think that that's going to be, we're going to see a lot of that in 2024. Um, That means for all of those folks that are established, um, you know, now's the time to really double down on activating and building relationships um, that are more than just vendor slash customer type relationships. Really, you know, we talked about this at your last offsite, Dan uh, Davis. That uh, um, activation is all about providing access and building relationships and investing in your customer's success at a whole new level. The great news is that AI provides us all with the ability to do that at higher levels, but it also means that there's going to be more entrance into our space and into all of our spaces and so we have to be at the top of our game so that would be my without breathing my synopsis on the the uh what's going on in the the small business ecosystem and how we can take advantage of it um for us all to have a, a bigger and better 2024 how's
0: that dave wow that's that that was a great run through and and what i appreciate most of all is that again like most of your surveys, it's from the mouths of the, of the small businesses. Great, great questions, obviously, that they could answer in a very simple way. Um, but let's, let's go back and kind of unpack some of the, the big ones. Uh, okay. let's, let's start where you started with the kind of level of optimism. Um, is the, is, uh, you mentioned that this idea of them being able to, to successfully in 2024 really, uh, re- reduce the squeeze that they have on their margins that they experienced mm-hmm. in 2022 and 2023. Is that what really defines their optimism? Are they optimistic because they feel like they're running a better business? Are they optimistic because they think that consumers are changing or coming back into the stores or they maybe had a good Christmas? What, what really kind of goes into quote optimism?
1: That's a great question. I think that part of what dampens optimism is the unknown, right? If you think about all of the challenges you have in your business, what percentage of those challenges are things that you feel like you have good control over and what percentage of them feels like it's completely out of your control, Mm -hmm. right? You know, COVID was a massive uncontrolled, Um, type situation, right? I mean, optimism crashed when COVID hit because everybody's like, I don't know what this is going to do to my business. 2023, inflation was a kind of a big unknown out of my control, right? And so when we see optimism start to improve, in my mind, what it feels like is business owners are saying, I feel like I have greater control over the things that are important for my success than I did previously. And, mm-hmm. you know, and their biggest concern being inflation from last year and the, the data sort of supporting that they're feeling like that's getting under control is, you know, is kind of like stabilized. So take that fear bucket off the list. And now more of what I have to deal with is in my control and therefore my optimism rises.
0: Right. And and I think that, that makes a lot of that intuitively at least makes a lot of sense is that mm-hmm. that notion of, I feel like I have greater control over my business. That confidence basically is what allows you to believe <laughs> allows you to have hope yeah. that, you know, things are not going to be abysmal. Um, let's talk about the, the side hustle um, and kind of <coughs> the definition of a side hustle. Was it, is it apparent in the survey that the the 50% plus that are starting a side hustle are, for themselves individually or for their business as a for instance um the we have a, a dairy farm that we go to that we we buy our mm-hmm. milk and dairy products from and she has not only started a business selling dairy-based milk-based soaps and and uh cosmetics but she also is a waitress locally we see her all right. the time in in restaurants so is the height is the side hustle a business extension or is it really more for personal revenue
1: um, I'd say both, um, you know, and here, um, uh, we go to some sort of more qualitative and quantitative, um, research I last week I was doing every week I do a network, a virtual networking session on the platform for new businesses on the platform. And, um, um, I, know, I believe it was Charlotte who was on there with me. You know, I asked business owners, what do you do? And she listed off, she started with event planner, and then she listed off five other things that she did to generate revenue um, that were kind of tangential to event planning. But some of them were, you know, a big jump away from that. And it's clear that, you know, what she's done is leveraged her skills as an extroverted person who's good at, um, you know, an A-type type person and applied that other places that she perceived there to be an opportunity to leverage her skills. And so, you know, I mean, that's sort of the the entrepreneurial gene, if you will, which is I'm going to look for a problem and I'm going to see if my skill set can do something to solve that problem. And if so, I'm going to jump on it. And so what you're finding is business owners who, you know, their core business may be you know, it's down a certain percentage of revenue, but it's still there, but I still need to, you know, pay my bills and pay my rent and do all those things. And so I will take on something else um, that is outside of my core in order to to cover those bills. And, you know, in some cases, it it can be very nicely um, synergistic to, to what you're doing. And in other cases, it's just you know, there's somebody willing to pay me $20 an hour to do this. Um, I can really use that cash. So I'm going to allocate, you know, 10 hours a week to go do that. Um, like you see with that waitress. And so it's across the board.
0: So have you, kind of a side question probably wasn't in the survey, but just from your observation from this past year, have the small businesses that, that you know, during the, the height of COVID were finding new channels in which to either, uh, sell or serve uh, certain markets that that they could do. So if they were a distillery, they made hand sanitizers, sanitizers as, a, as an example. Have most entrepreneurs, most small business owners held on to the extensions that they created during that timeframe, or are they pretty much let them go by the wayside because now they're, quote, back to normal?
1: Yeah, so that's that's not a question that we actually asked in the survey, and so again, it's sort of just from the business owners I've talked to, um, the you know what they found um, when they've kind of shifted their businesses is a new way to do business. You know, at first when Alignable was created some ten years ago, we sort of thought of. the communities and the groups that people would want to join were all just geographically oriented because at the time, I think 80% or 70% of of business owners um, generated revenue from within 10 or 20 miles of their business. Right. And so um, at that time we thought, Oh, it's very sort of localized. What happened with COVID was that that kind of blew itself apart and people Um, because everybody was networking online versus, you know, prior to that, it was all sort of in person. Um, What happened is that people started to find opportunities outside of their communities and to build relationships outside their communities. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the thing that the driving force behind Alignable is really this notion of, um, you know, powerful networks where are networks where you have built, you, you know, like, and trust someone, right? Trust is critical for referrals. Um, and so where you build the relationships based on trust is where you will generate your revenue from. Mm-hmm. And so during COVID, a lot of these relationships were formed outside of their community through industry groups, like we had a group, we still have a group of florists who talk to each other. We have groups of women business owners, Hispanic business owners. Um, And what they found was that by building relationships with people outside their community, they broadened their, their networks outside those communities and built trust with those people outside their communities. And as a result of that, now have revenue coming in from different places. So as long as they continue to maintain those relationships, they will continue to maintain those word of mouth referrals that come through their trusted relationships wherever they are. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, because of that and and that kind of behavior, we see it as something that's going to continue down that path as long as they continue to work on those relationships.
0: Got it. That's that's interesting. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the observations around the recession. Um, you said that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Thirty-five percent, you know, are convinced we're going to have a recession. Thirty-five percent unsure. So, so a total of seventy percent that are looking at the the key economic indicators and that that we are now starting to see about unemployment, about inflation, about gas prices, about food prices, et cetera, et cetera, and they're saying, I, I'm just not sure. I believe that yet. Um, right. I'm not sure I believe it. Is there something that you think triggers them to tr- trigger small businesses to have a sense of at best uncertainty and at worst real pessimism towards the, the, the current economic situation.
1: Yeah. I think the way they look at it is sort of the shopping cart of a customer that comes in, mm-hmm. right. You know, is, you know, are the customers you had six months ago still your customers today? And are they spending more or less than they did six months ago or a year ago? Mm -hmm. And um, you know, that's, that's really how they get a read on the recession because they're saying that the place that they sense the impact, the greatest is in the spending behavior of their customers or clients. And so, you know, as long as the squeeze is being applied to consumers or whoever you serve, whether it's an enterprise business or another small business, you know, until they start saying, you know, let's open up the purse strings and let's spend a little bit more on marketing. Let's spend a little bit more here. You know, let's hire another part-time person. Um you kind of get the sense that they're, they're kind of looking in the eyes of the person coming in the door or buying from them and trying to read whether that person shares their optimism for the future and is starting to loosen things up a little bit.
0: That makes that makes total sense. And, 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 you know, they can only see what they can see uh, from the purchasing behavior of their own customers. And if it's less than it was last year or even three years ago, um, and and obviously if if it's there they're going to think wow the, the, this this must be something that is happening everywhere and it's not something necessarily that shows up in i always found it funny that that there that the consumer spending data never really unpacks well how much of that is due to inflation in certain right. categories so it'll say consumer spending is up well, that's because gas prices are twice the price right. <laughs> um and you know you kind of you kind of want to unpack that and say how do you normalize it so that you don't really have the impact of inflation and really understand what the consumer confidence is which still r- remains I- I extraordinarily low and yeah it- and
1: then you know as back in the old days when we were studying economics, there was that the indicator on luxury goods, mm-hmm. but you know, That too can get skewed because the people that are feeling the pinch may not be the people who are buying luxury goods. They may be the people who are, you know, on an hourly basis, you know, making, you know, the, the $15, $20 an hour, and they're the ones that you rely on as customers. Well, they're not necessarily buying luxury goods to begin with. So Mm -hmm. just looking at that indicator alone isn't sufficient. Um, So yeah it's it's a tough one to unwind and it really is dependent on who your customer base is
0: oh absolutely and what kind of product or service that you're offering and the impact that the cost of goods goods sold uh, obviously is and 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 Mm -hmm. kind of that's an interesting bridge into the your observation or the the surveys uh findings that um that small businesses are slowly increasing prices um Mm -hmm. I would say there are certain categories, and this is anecdotal from personal experience, I would say restaurants are not slowly increasing prices. They are steadily increasing prices. And if you look at the cost of a, of a dinner here locally in St. Charles, Illinois, Western Burb, it is almost double what it was pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. And... Is this this sense or this confidence, in we're going to com- continue to slowly increase prices? We're going to use that as a way of, of improving our margins. Does is there any sense that that um, the consumer may start pushing back? The consumer might st- start saying, "Okay, we we appreciate the fact that you know you went through, particularly restaurants, you went through an incredibly tough time." Um, during COVID, you lost a lot of money, but you're still here. And mm-hmm. and you've raised your prices a lot. You know, I'm just going to stop coming. I'm just, I just can't, I just literally can't afford it. Do small businesses, in other words, have a really good sense as to where the enough is too much when it comes to slowly increasing their prices?
1: Uh, probably a better uh, question for my, my buddy, Bob Luz, who ran the Massachusetts restaurant association. Yeah. Um, you know, I do, I think the, you know, if I was a restaurateur, the way I'd be looking at it is, um, number one, what's their best alternative, right? And that's to go and make it themselves. And what are they feeling when they go shopping? For those mm-hmm. same ingredients, right? And I think what you're seeing is that most people are feeling like, wow, that that $200, you know, basket of, of groceries is now $300 or $400 or whatever. And so they can draw a logical line to, well, I guess that's why my steak is costing more at my favorite restaurant. Um, so that's, you know, I think good news for restaurants is that the fact that their prices are going up kind of in line with what you or I would experience if we were at a grocery store. Then within that, I mean, I think as a restaurateur, you're looking at the various items that you have on your menu, and you're looking for how purchasing behavior is changing across those menu items, right? You know, is the pasta and chicken dish, are you selling a lot more of it now than you used to? And the the steaks and the and the prime rib and all that kind of stuff that's the most expensive things on your menu, the volume of that is going down. Um, But, you know, in in the restaurant business, it's all around just trying to find areas for margin Um, and, you know, in wherever you can sort of increasing your margin. So I'd imagine, you know, portion sizes are getting a little bit smaller. Um, You know, they're trying to find ways to kind of compensate that for that but it's a fascinating industry to study and you know one that I know a little bit about um, but not clearly as much as uh people like my buddy Bob Luz uh do um because he's really in it on a daily basis but it is an interesting microcosm to study
0: yeah no doubt and and I think it, it I think it does have kind of indications of other service level businesses service type businesses mm-hmm. but also product driven businesses where you know you you I, I think your observation that If the consumer kind of knows from personal experience, the cost of production, the cost of delivery, the cost of the goods sold, they will be more forgiving of the of the price increases. Um, So I think a a great question to begin to ask, you know, through 2024 is how is that working out for you on increasing prices? How is that? Mm -hmm. You know, is it actually first and foremost delivering to you a better margin? What's the consumer right. reaction? Have you found a you know a point where consumers say no, mas, no, I don't want, I can't do anymore this, and they start to slow down their spending at your particular business? So kind of as a yeah. as a wrap up, um, and this has been absolutely terrific, by the way, as it always is. But as you kind of uh, struck, really, first of all, by the number seventy percent not looking for financing in twenty twenty four. Keen interest, very specifically for the audience of this podcast, is do you see in this survey uh, any data, any sense that small businesses are going to increase their spending? They're going to invest in their businesses with the kinds of goods and services that are sold by many of our members within the Beat SMB Institute. I believe so um because if you think about
1: what we do as an industry is we try and create products and services that increase efficiency that make running your business easier, faster, more economical um and that improves margins for the most part, right? I mean, whether it's a marketing service, accounting service, a a financial service, you know, it's it's all about using technology to make things more economical, to, to generate more revenue. And with AI now, we can do a better job of doing that. And so I believe they will... Look to us as, you know, we we've we've raised prices prices as much as we could. We're generating a certain amount of revenue. We need that revenue to go further. There are costs that they have, like employee costs and rent, that are are kind of fixed in order for them to deliver their services. The things that we do behind the scenes are really places for them to find even greater efficiency. And so if our products and services are doing that, then we're going to be the place that they're looking to get that incremental margin to pay a dollar to get $3 back. Um, And in that sense, I think we will be looked at as sort of like, this is where I need to focus my attention in 2024 and 2025 is for those solutions that can really help my business succeed I'm going to invest more in them because I've gotten everything I can get out of the other pieces of the equation.
0: Mm-hmm. that's a that's I, I mean I I hold your same a, a similar sense as to are they going to spend more? I think there's always the qualifier are they going to spend more on the products or services that they believe are going to be positively impactful for their business and so the small yes. businesses just do not spend for the sake of spending um they spend basically. Yeah, it's all roi based. It yeah. correct um but i do i do believe my sense is is that there is a kind of a increasing confidence that if i can spend money to either drive down my expenses or i i feel like there's more people talking about increasing top line versus reducing bottom line mm-hmm. reducing expenses Um, that 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 will be really the tale of 2024 is that small businesses really returned to the job of selling of of really increasing their 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 revenue. So I think I'd love that to be kind of a tracking question is, do you believe that you are increasing your focus on actual revenue and selling in your small business as we as we go throughout the year? Hey, we'll, we'll let you terrific. know because that's
1: what we do. That's what we do for eleven. So,
0: yeah, exactly. I, exactly. You
1: know, I, I hope you were absolutely correct on that one.
0: Yeah, and and you know, and I think that that I still don't know. This is just a personal observation. I still do not know how much COVID wrung out of us. I've, you know, I I, I have a very visceral sense of what it wrung out of me personally. Of course, I have a very. Mm-hmm good sense of what it wrung out of my kids in the progress of their education. I have a very good sense of what it wrung out of local businesses that that I I patronize and broadly what it wrung out of many of many of our large enterprise members. But I don't really have a sense as to yet, at least as to what's what's the level of rebound, if that's how it could be defined, but what's the level of of genuine uh um Cure, I guess, is the right word. Cure to Mm -hmm. some of those things that were just wrung out of us. Um, And and that's why I appreciate your survey, because it does give us a sense as to at least what small businesses are thinking on that front.
1: Fantastic. Well, I will get my stuff together and try and get this report pulled together and and, uh, get it over to you, as we usually do, as our uh, first distribution source. So uh, we'll get it out to you as soon as we can, so everybody can dive
0: deeper into the data. Much appreciated. Eric Groves from Alignable, thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Eric Groves of Alignable. When Eric and I met to talk about this segment back in December, he asked me what my thoughts were on the state of the B2SMB ecosystem for the coming year. And I admit, I found myself struggling with the kind of insights and observations I've made every January for the last five years. I was struggling with an updated version of my 20 things to watch for that have all been drawn from dialogue with industry thought leaders and CEOs, frontline B to SMB marketers, and yes, even small business owners themselves. But the confidence I have usually felt in drawing back the bow and hitting the target on what's happening or more to the point, what's about to happen, it was more shaky than it has it really been at any time since 2021. Nor did I find a great certainty amongst the dozens of senior level B to SMB execs that make up the Institute's network. At best, I found circumspect, if not downright cautious points of view. Why? I'll speak for myself. I have questions. I have questions for small business owners. Five of them, in fact. I'm really kind of under the header of, where you at? So let me ask our growing audience of entrepreneurs and SMBs, and let me suggest those from our big business audience, that you ask the same of your SMB customers. Here they are. Number one, are you back to normal? As a small business owner, as we learned in the disruption and chaos of 2020, as you learned, normal is a highly personalized term. And no doubt, I'm sure you remember that by early 2021, we were all asking, when will we return to normal? We asked as though normal was vast shared experience, and more importantly, a shared outcome that we all craved. Are you there yet? Are the behaviors that defined you in 2019 restored? Have you returned to the familiar, to your pre-COVID habits, to the way you were? Or is the new normal just plain normal now? Number two, are you ready to invest? No one doubts that survival and then recovery literally forced you to save, to hang on for dear life. And you did. But in the coming year, will you remain hesitant to invest in what you want or even need for your business? As one entrepreneur said to me, I feel a flinch when it comes to spending even a dollar. Number three question, are you prepared? 2020 was the ultimate shit happens lesson. It was also a reminder that you cannot prepare for every eventuality. One business owner told me that he feels more risk ready, that he knows now better what can go wrong. And it's those events he is building his plans towards. But how many entrepreneurs are simply living with the risk? Is that you? Number four. Are you glass full or glass empty? Politics aside, which economy do you believe in? As we learned from Alignable's end of year survey, your fellow small businesses are evenly divided on the recession or no recession question for 2024. If you're optimistic, why? If you're pessimistic, why? From where do you draw your point of view? And does this point of view, whether positive or negative, above all others, drive your business? And lastly, are you okay? Seriously, I'm not being glib. Are you okay? I'm not questioning your resilience or your commitment or your heart. I'm just asking as a friend. And let me suggest those from our big business audience, again, ask this same question of your small business customers. And listen carefully. Well, that does it for our first installment of our January Between 2B Supercast. New episodes every Wednesday through the end of the month. I'm Dave Walker of the B2SMB Institute. Have a great week. <laughs>